CIO Talk Radio is sponsored by HP Data Center Services, Cloud Computing Services, and Workplace 360 Services. Are you ready for an instant-on world? Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Here's Sunjo Gall. Good morning and welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Today's topic is Building a New CIO Cabinet Post-M&A. And our guests for today's show are William Hanlon, who is the Chief Information Officer and Senior Vice President with Republic Services. Good morning, Bill. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you. And uh, is uh, summer treating you well? We thought it is going to be spring and then summer, but it seems summer has arrived. How is it going? Uh, and, and summer in Phoenix is just a wonderful time, as you can imagine. Um, no, we're, we're still in spring, luckily. We haven't gotten to the uh, 115 degrees quite yet. Okay, so you still, still are able to get out without having to uh, take 20 showers a day. Uh, absolutely. All right, great. And we also have Jim Spitz, who is the Executive Director with Fisher CIO Leadership Program at the Institute of Business Innovation with Haas Business School, University of California, Berkeley. Good morning, Jim. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, it is uh, uh, overcast and drizzling here in Berkeley. See, now this is what I call swapping of weather. <laughs> so this is very interesting, the way the whole world is changing around us. But in any case, we are talking about change, and, and that's where the topic today is about M&A, which is mergers and acquisitions. And we thought of uh, picking this topic because many times when it's status quo, yes, we still fight fires, but it's totally a different ball game when you are going through any of the disruptions like uh, a merger and acquisition event. So in, in that space, what happens and what, what role does IT play? And in fact, when you have to uh, change the way you work, change the team members, the team players, the leadership, the lieutenants, what does it take to uh, build a team which will make that transition successful and also bring success going forward? So with that said, uh, Bill, I'll start with you. Now, whenever we look at M&A, it looks like, and it is in fact a business-related event. And yes, IT has been, you know, tagging along in the, in, the, in the last few decades where we said, okay, so we are going to do this. Now, Mr. CIO or Mr. IT leader, go ahead and deal the integration. Do you think we have earned the respect now that we can say, okay, we will get a seat at the table even before a merger is planned and or even envisioned? I, I, I definitely think so. I think more and more... Uh, Business is beginning to recognize that that IT is is core to the business and is essential to driving a uh, a, a successful integration uh, of companies. Now, the difference is that all mergers and acquisitions aren't created equal, but when you're talking about the larger mergers of of two uh, relatively equal companies. There are a tremendous amount of factors to be successful with the integration and obtaining the synergies. And in those types of, of mergers, I think that IT plays a, a very uh, essential part. Uh, myself, I, I just went through a, uh, a merger of this type about three years ago, and the integration took two years. Uh, and. What was um, very unique about this merger was that IT 
was used as really the driving force for bringing the two companies together because we took a, uh, a best of breed approach with our technology and both companies, both legacy companies, had to learn new systems and, and both had to adapt to form the, the new Republic services. So over that two-year period, we uh, IT and, and really the IT rollout and integration of the new systems was uh, the catalyst, if you will, of the entire uh, merger and integration activities. Now, Jim, based on what you just heard, do you think this is a norm versus the exception where IT was, in, in fact, invited and even given the, the charge or made the driver of an activity of, of this magnitude? Um, well, first of all, let me say that uh, my experience supports uh, rather strongly what, what Bill just said. Uh, I would mention that um, Pete Solvik at, uh, at Cisco uh, he's one of the Renaissance CIOs, was in, involved in almost all of Cisco's uh, acquisitions at a very early point. Um, I would say that um, they tended to uh, do it very, very quickly. Um, when Chevron acquired Texaco, uh, there was a, a very... Uh, tight time frame for merging those two companies. Um, and I could go in a great detail into that because it was rather interesting to observe. Um, I think that IT is becoming more and more uh, a driving force. It is so fundamental to most companies these days uh, that uh, it's almost always a, uh, a partner in the, uh, not only in the acquisition, but in the evaluation of the acquisition. Um, I'm aware of one company that in the due diligence uh, phase, they always send a, an I, a senior IT person out from the corporate IT office to spend uh, I don't want to exaggerate. I believe the policy is they must spend at least two weeks on site uh, at the potential, you know, the candidate uh, firm to see if they think it's going to be a good cultural fit, to see if their systems are up to snuff, and so forth. So um, I guess that's... Um, uh, so in a way, what you're saying is, uh, for the most part, IT is broad, but then also I saw a theme that typically when it is an acquisition where you have one, one party has an upper hand over others, the things are simpler. But then uh, in Bill's case, when it, what Bill, you mentioned in terms of mergers of equals, then it is a little more challenging. Is that a true statement? Oh, I don't, if, you're, if you're asking me, um, I think you're entirely correct. If it's if it's an acquisition, uh, then it's not one of equal. But in some cases, when you acquire a company, you don't want to change it. You know, it's the old old rule, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What you want to do is you want to bring it in as smoothly as possible. But when you're acquiring another company that you are going to essentially merge into the company, um, that can take longer. It can take a lot more planning. Um, a long list of issues come to the front. 
Right. I, I think on acquisitions, and if you're doing you know, more or less a, a tuck-in where you're you're acquiring assets, one of the things that is often overlooked and shouldn't be is the asset of of human capital and that new company that that is being pulled in. Even if you're going with the acquiring company's techni- technology infrastructure, the people that are within that that uh, company being acquired, the IT personnel need to be looked at and and folded in as well because uh you know even though they may not be legacy and familiar with the technology there's a potential for a great deal of skills and the potential to top grade staff by looking very closely at at the human capital element yeah now uh so bill if if we were to take a situation where perhaps let's take the worst case example among all different events in m and a that could happen is that you've got two organizations who who have both successful track record but at the same time they're heavily political, and then you're bringing the two companies together. How does management and who within the management takes has the courage and has to take the courage to uh, basically, get the top IT leader chosen between the two top dogs in the respective companies for IT. Really, yes, to really to select the the CIO. Uh, it, it falls upon obviously the uh, the executive team and and the CEO. One one thing that I think is very important is to have that executive org structure defined when when these defined early when these events occur so that you know what will be the reporting relationship of the CIO to be and then the uh the selection becomes a uh you know it, it is a it is a, a personal event it is it is a beauty pageant of sorts where you take into effect or or hopefully this the CEO takes into effect and the the rest of the executive team the background uh, experience, the the fit, I think, is very important. How well does the CIO, if uh, from either company, fit into the to the executive team? Um, it's I don't think that systems uh, that are being selected necessarily should influence the choice of the CIO. I, I think it really should revolve around who's the best fit for the job and you know I think that's fairly standard in uh in large mergers that that you have this sort of decision making process uh as you go through the entire executive team so jim in in your experience and the way you must be talking to quite a few organizations what has been the experience in this decision making is it subjective is it fraught with with prejudices and or impressions that were made over the years or somebody seeking favors or pulling in a favor? Um, well, uh, first of all, I want to cite a book uh, for the uh, listeners to uh, to go out and uh, get a copy of it. And I don't get any commission from this. In fact, <laughs> it has no relation to uh, Cal Berkeley at all, but it's a uh, brand-new book, Hard Facts, Dangerous Half-Truths, and Total Nonsense by Pfeiffer and Sutton. And heaven forbid, it's the Harvard Business School Press. Uh, 
but it talks about the importance of cultural fit that Bill just alluded to. Um, when you when you bring in a new team, they've got to fit with the culture of the sort of the merged entity. Um, now, with respect to my own experience, uh, we at the Fisher Center here we deal with probably a hundred or so um, large company CIOs. And contrary to I think the, the public impression, I really think that a lot or most uh, uh, executive selection is pretty darn objective. Uh, I think most executives try to put together the best darn team they can get their grubby hands on. Uh, and I don't want to sound you know grumpy when I say that, but um, you know I think most executives try to do a good job. They try to build good teams. They try to be objective. If they let a hidden agenda or grudges or things like that get in their way, they, in my experience, those people don't last very long. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about most executives, uh, and, and particularly the objectivity. Um, I, I, would, I would agree, Jim, and I think that the evolution of the CIO over the, the last uh, couple decades has been one of being a, a really a business partner, and, and that's what the uh, the CEOs, at least the the ones who I have worked for, are are looking for is is who will be my best business partner and help to drive the company where it needs to to get to. So I, I think that uh, and all CEOs are different as well, but but. Uh, CEOs, the the good CEOs going into a uh, a merger, will look for for that individual who can provide that that really business partnership and leadership to to get the company where it's it intends on going. Yep. No, I I completely agree. Let's take a quick break. Uh, listeners will be right back, and let's continue this conversation. So. Perhaps we would have a good objective selection between the two top dogs and we pick the one. Now, how does that individual go about dealing with the duplicate set of direct reports that are handed over to them and then make the selection subsequently to build a cabinet? Let's explore this more when we come back. Please stay tuned. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We live in an instant-on world, mobile and connected. To compete, you want data center flexibility so you can adapt quickly to changing business needs while keeping information safe. Introducing Enterprise Cloud Compute Services, HP solution for managing secure servers, storage, and networks, delivered as a service. Pay only for what you need. Create order out of chaos. The instant on enterprise is here. Are you ready? Start shaping your cloud at hp.com. We live in an instant on world, mobile, connected, and fluid. Competing in this world takes a special kind of workplace technology that adapts to change, that allows seamless and personalized interaction. Introducing Workplace 360, HP's full lifecycle desktop management solution, delivered as a service. User subscriptions allow you to gain financial control and flexibility. The Instant On Enterprise is here. Are you ready? Visit hp.com for answers. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. 
Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free 1-866-472-5790. Now back to the show, here's Sanjo Gall. Welcome back. So uh, let's take this question, uh, Bill. What do you think could be the best next steps once the top dog is selected in the merged organization? I mean, how do they go about handling these uh, set of duos, if you will, sure. uh, duplicates? Well, I think first and foremost, it's uh, defining the IT organization going forward. Uh, you uh, Mergers are a great opportunity to restructure um, the, the IT org um, that – is maybe more difficult to do when you're when you're in a, a steady state mode. Uh, so, defining the organization, building that, and and really establishing what will be the management positions are first and foremost. Uh, then I also think that uh, there should be a, a transition between both CIOs to the to the new CIO. Hopefully, there's some. A period of time for planning between them. Hopefully, there's uh, the spirit of cooperation from the CIO that that is uh, is exiting, and uh, and during that time, uh, really sharing input from from both sides to put together that that combined team. I think is essential. Uh, it's a it's a very difficult time. There's no doubt about it, but. You, you need input from both sides, and as Jim alluded to, objective input from both sides to really craft the, the, the best team. And you need to look at potential with the, the management team, who, who really are the, the fast trackers, the ones that maybe we can put into new positions that have been created in the organization that didn't exist before, and, and who will be successful in those positions, so uh, a great time to uh, to really establish the organization that will will go forward, and to to uh, shuffle the deck really, and, and put people into new leadership positions. Maybe give them that that promotion that they uh, they were deserving of, but had been blocked from in the previous organization. So, Jim, based on what Bill just mentioned, let's. I, I didn't assume... hear you on that. You you, you could you not didn't hear, hear me, Bill. Uh, no, I didn't hear. Uh... Say again. Okay. Yeah. So basically, Bill Bill did mention about uh, the the success rate is pretty good when it comes to uh, getting the two leaders to discuss and. Basically, one person becomes the top uh, dog, and the other person essentially provides, um, you know, the necessary support. The question, the follow-on question to that is, Jim, based on all the discussions that you've had, do you think when there is a merger, and there are two, the discussions happening between the two potential, like uh, respective top dogs, and they are brought together, and one person is not chosen? Do they have the emotional intelligence and the strength to accept so-called defeat and still continue to support the 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 person who was the chosen one 
and help them become even more successful? At the end of the day, we're talking about human beings here. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I wrote a note to myself there. It's a, this is a difficult and very human challenge. What happens when you uh, have two teams and they are both of excellent quality? And I've seen that happen. Um, I can think of one case where uh, a, a selection was made uh, of, I think, a very good person, uh, and another very good person got his nose out of joint and and left um, and, and did well in a subsequent career. But uh, I think that was a mistake on management's part. Uh, if you've got two good people, uh, somehow you, you never want to lose talent. And somehow you've got to figure a constructive role for the person not selected that is challenging and is something that will keep them uh, engaged. Um, and I can't give any simple answer as to how to do that. Uh, but I've seen it happen. Um, I think I can uh, cite one example. I think they did something like that at Chevron when they acquired Texaco. Uh, and I can think of Chevron ending up with a really, really strong IT team. Um, uh, and I can think of some failures in some other companies. Um, but uh, I, get, I think one of the challenges when you do this is you don't want to lose good people, although you are almost forced to, uh, to promote somebody and not somebody else. Um, it's, uh, I, I don't have any simple answers there. I, uh, I, would, I would also add that uh, I've seen situations where both CIOs were were kept, and and one CIO was put into a uh, a secondary position, reporting to the CIO. And I I don't advocate that approach either, because I think that one of the big challenges of the new organization is is really establishing that that new leadership. And if you have the uh, the old CIO who was not selected. You, you constantly battle the uh, leg, his legacy team following his or her direction and, and not the leadership of the new CIO. And, um, and, it, and it's a challenge. It, it really yeah. is. I've been in that position before, and, and it is a challenge, and, and ultimately it, it doesn't work out. So if there are any CEOs listening in, um, you know, don't, don't go that direction. Now, Bill, question for you would be is – how soon should we trigger this so-called merger? Because, you know, of course, we are all eager to integrate the companies and get the most value out of the, the, the M&A event, right? Sure. We want to get, yeah, so yeah. ROI. Now, if you do it too soon, then people have not settled. The dust is not settled. And if you do too late, then you are double bleeding, if you will. So what is that appropriate time? Is, there a, is this more like a gut uh, that tells you that okay now's the time, or there are some 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 calculations, some mathematical formulas used, or something which is a little more uh, realistic. I, I think it's the earlier the better, quite honestly. Uh, especially the larger um, these mergers are, there's an incredible amount of planning that has to go into from from the IT side. Uh, you know how. 
how we are going to integrate around a common set of systems. Now, if you're maintaining both um, both companies' systems, if you're taking that approach, then it may not be uh, you may not need as much lead time, but you're not going to get the synergies you're looking for either. So, if you're trying to get to a common platform which is uh, what I've been involved with in, in my various uh, M&A type of, of activities, uh, you, will, you, you need the lead time to, to clearly plan out uh, the full activities. And so it, it's, it's the earlier the better. The dust isn't going to settle for, for some time. You're going to have to be working on these efforts and really crafting the organization, building the culture as, as the dust is settling. You know, most of the time, you're, you're kicking up the dust by creating change through the organization as the entire integration takes place. So, Jim, as, as, of course, we are doing things behind the scenes to choose the new leader, the new cabinet, and other integration activities, what do you see organizations do to insulate the customer experience from all this turbulence internally? Uh, um, what do I see uh, companies doing to insulate the customer? Oh, um, Boy, I'm. Uh, I don't have any uh, any simple answer. I think um, uh, I can think of a few examples, um, but I. Uh, I'm. Uh, so let's 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 rephrase the question. Yeah. If if customer experience is always the key for us to maintain continuity. Yeah, we did all the merger, but essentially we were both having a common objective to serve the customer well and to meet and exceed their expectations. Do you think, realistically, we are able to show the customer the same service levels and the same overall experience across all touch points? And while there's an M and A going on, I mean, is is this something which is still a uh, like a a dream, or people have made it a reality? Like, what, what's the fact out there? Do you see that whenever there's an M and A, the customer service level dips, you lose some revenue? Oh In no, the... I I don't agree with the with the necessity of a dip. Um, I've, I've seen, I've seen what Cisco did. I've seen some acquisitions, uh, uh, by Intel. Um, and I think they were well planned. They were well executed. Uh, I would say the critical thing is advanced planning. Uh, you know, sort of a no surprises approach to management, um, I saw what Sun Microsystems did in its uh, in its better years, uh, and all of those Cisco, Intel, Sun, and I can probably think of, probably cite a few others. Um, a lot of advanced planning, uh, and then when when the acquisition or the merger occurs, uh, I totally agree with Bill. Um, you don't sit around and wait for the dust to settle. You, you move forward with uh, uh, your management changes uh, as swiftly as possible and get beyond them. Um. So, 
let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And Bill, when we come back, let's talk more about the same subject because devil is in the execution and the implementation. So while you could you can tell the Wall Street that we are going to give you double-digit returns, etc., based on this M&A, but behind the scenes, you have to do whatever it takes to keep the customer happy all along and let them, in an ideal scenario, keep them insulated from any such turbulence that might be happening internally. So what all, in your view, that you, you've done in your organizations as you went through the M&A event, or and also what have you seen your counterparts do in other companies? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We live in an instant-on world, mobile, connected, and fluid. Competing in this world takes a special kind of workplace technology that adapts to change, that allows seamless and personalized interaction. Introducing Workplace 360, HP's full lifecycle desktop management solution, delivered as a service. User subscriptions allow you to gain financial control and flexibility. The Instant On Enterprise is here. Are you ready? Visit hp.com for answers. We live in an instant on world, mobile and connected. To compete, you want data center flexibility so you can adapt quickly to changing business needs while keeping information safe. Introducing Enterprise Cloud Compute Services, HP's solution for managing secure servers, storage, and networks, delivered as a service. Pay only for what you need. Create order out of chaos. The instant on enterprise is here. Are you ready? Start shaping your cloud at hp.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free 1-866-472-5790. Now back to the show. Here's Sanjo Gall. All right, so Bill, what do you think can be done to uh, get the challenges under control or while we're going through that M&A journey, keep the customer happy or happier based on uh, what their experience has been all along and let them not get impacted? Sure. I think throughout the entire planning uh, segment of, uh, of the integration, you first and foremost is is minimizing the impact on the customer you you absolutely don't want to lose your your customer base as you go through um one of one of these exercises so whether it means that you're going to bring on additional customer service staff up there uh have a a, a very strategic communication plan driven to the to the customer you you have to go take the extra steps whether it's the the sales force going out and meeting with the customer and explaining this transition you want to do everything in your in your power uh not to lose the customer base from from really either company and for them to to get disenchanted but i think how you 
really work to continue to drive the the changes within the company as and to insulate it from from your customers is, is number one and you know it's it's something IT does all the time but it but it's now essential from a from a corporate level is is to really have a project management office and and to deal with this program in a fashion that is is corporate in nature it's it's not just IT it, it's it's really all of the projects need to be be driven through the corporation uh, IT has its projects sales has its projects HR has their projects and the the coordination of this from a uh, a PM a corporate PMO is absolutely essential to to the success of doing it in a a structured fashion with the eye again of not losing losing the customers and preserving a positive customer experience um, so i Jim- chime in there um uh, with one sort of negative comment on uh, PMO, I agree with Bill that you have to have uh, a, a, an effective planning mechanism. But I have seen so many PMOs that were not very successful that I, uh, I maybe I agree, I agree a with you there. Negative Jim. on PMOs, but yeah, I think it I think it's essential when when you get into a program of this nature and, and a lot of. Corporations don't have. Uh, when you look outside of IT, they don't have the project mentality or the program mentality. So it's a whole new ball game for them to be dealing uh, with multiple projects ongoing at, at the same time, and and that needs some some coordination. Whether it's PMO or or call it something else, it has to be really a, an orchestrated event. Uh, I entirely agree. Another thing that was said was uh, customer communication. Uh, I'm aware of one company that this wasn't a merger. It was a major, major uh, information systems change that was going to affect the end customer. Uh, And they, I would say, they almost overdosed on customer communication, and it worked very, very well. Uh, the new system was indeed better. The implementation was surprisingly smooth, but the customers really felt that they uh, uh, were involved in the thing, and it worked beautifully. And actually, the company gained market share uh, by virtue, I think, of the um, of this uh, very skillful uh, letting the customers know what was going to happen. You know, and an educational program that. Uh, uh, it wasn't all that costly, but boy, did it tr- uh, prove to be valuable. So, Jim, imagine you were in the shoes and you were the chosen one among the two top docs in a company in the during an M and A event, and you have to now take the first steps to get your direct reports and lieutenants selected, and you got a duplicate set or perhaps uh, uh, like a two sets, and you got to pick up what who will be the ones who will try to bring on the cabinet. What do you think should be the first set of activities that that chosen leader should go about doing? Um, well, I, I won't go into ancient history, but I've done that a few times. And I actually gave a talk on this a while ago. 
um, uh, my approach is to go and interview every single solitary person uh, in the IT organization that has been acquired. I, I'm assuming that I already know my own shop, uh, or if it's going to be two that I. But I interview every single solitary person, uh, and some people look at me like you must be nuts, uh, but. It's amazing what you, what you learn when you do that, and you begin to figure out you know who are the real contributors. Uh, in some case, the the leadership team there can be some real gems buried a few levels down, uh, and so my first step is always to go out and find out what I've got. I think Bill mentioned earlier the uh, the human capital. Uh, Paul Lazara was the founding CIO of Time Warner, and he and I uh, talked about a year ago. And uh, his experience at Time Warner, when he merged all of the various magazines, IT shops together, uh, was, he said, you, you have to forget the technology issues, you have to forget the process issues, you really have to spend your time uh, focusing on the human capital issues. And uh, so I think that's a long answer to a short question. Um, I just go out and I, I really want to know what I've got in terms of uh, human beings. How can I take this team and make it into uh, a team that is going to do you know better things? So, Bill, uh, since the benchmark would have changed, the landscape would have changed, and even the people mindset of your own team could have changed because now it's a disruption. There is some fear, uncertainty, and doubt that might get injected. So if you had to go and, and look at what you will do now going forward, even your own uh, prior experience may not 100% be relevant to what you're going to do, do going forward, and, and how, how are you recalibrating your own thinking at that? I mean, imagine you were in those shoes. And, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was waiting for the question to complete, but uh, there, there is. It's a, I think your fear, uncertainty, and doubt is, is rampant in, uh, in these types of, of times, and uh, one of the 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 things that is incumbent upon the CIO to do is to really turn down the temperature on that to be honest um, and and there won't be a, a position for for everyone but really to to lower the overall temperature um, and communicate constantly that the the goal will be that everyone will be treated fairly I agree completely with with Jim in that interviewing and the more interviewing that you can do as a as a CIO or a leader in the organization is critical sometimes it may not be I, I applaud Jim for interviewing you know the everyone um, I, I was not able to do this that in this last one but I worked through the various levels that uh, of management, and I certainly interviewed all of the potential management candidates. In, in terms of the landscape changing, it will, and and so you can't always, to your point, I can't say that the the next 
merger that I go through, if I go through one as a CIO, will be like the last one or previous ones that, that I have gone through. They're, they're all different. And part of the role of the CIO is to have the foresight as to what does that organization look like, what will be the challenges in the uh, in the new organization, and really to find find the people to to find find the talent as, as Jim mentioned that are are going to fit in nicely with that organization. And one of the things that's very hard to calibrate because of the uh, the fear factor and the uncertainty is that. In, in times of massive change like this, you, tr- you have to try to factor out who really has the desire to be part of the new team. You could have great uh, individuals and, and, and really great producers in the old organization, but you know, now that their world has, has changed completely, do they really want to be part of the new team? And, and do they like where not only IT is going, but the new company is going? And somehow, through the interviews that, uh, that Jim mentioned, you've got, to, you've got to factor that out. And, uh, you know, un- unfortunately, um, you know, we, uh, we're all human, and you don't always sort out those elements. Sometimes you, uh, you have people who uh, a year later and a year, year after the merger – decide, you know what, this, this organization isn't what I expected, and I, I really don't want to be a part of it. But you try to catch those people early in the process. Yeah. So, did uh, did Jim, I answer your question? Yes, you did. And, Jim, a uh, follow-on to this is, suppose you mentioned that you'll interview the other side, right, the other, other organization that merged and or got acquired. Yep. How about interviewing your own people? And, and you might see that people who really were rock stars and really did well and you were very happy with them, there might be some signs that these people no longer are going to be good for the merged entity. What could those signs be? What could those negative signs be when you interview your own people? Because something would change on that side too. Um, well, first of all, let's, I didn't let's, really let's complete yeah, what my I'm comments to say is about the interview. I've always tried to interview at least a third uh, uh, as many members of the user community as there are in IT. So it's a big interviewing pro- uh, problem. But I, I really can't stress the, uh, the value of it. Uh, in my own group, I have gone and talked to them all, not maybe uh, individually, but in small groups. Uh, and I've tried to figure out, uh, and you have to read between the lines, and that's something I'm not always very good at, you know, who's really uh, on board. And uh I wish I had a, a simple answer, but you just have to you have to get to know the people and figure out. Well, you know, Charlie or Mary are unhappy with this, you know, and maybe it's time for them to leave. Um, the uh, I think there was some comment made uh, the the words fear, uncertainty, and doubt, which reminds me of IBM's old marketing. Uh, <laughs> approach uh i believe the most the most effective way to counter fear uncertainty and doubt is by uh communicate 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 one in doubt tell people what you're thinking even if it scares them a little bit 
you don't want to say something that's stupid, but let them know what's going on. Uh, you know, the corporate rumor mill in almost all large companies is always full of half-truths, and, uh, and they're dangerous. They can discourage people. And the best way to counter them is with, you know, open communications. Um, so now have I answered your question or evaded it? We will further explore this. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, I'd like to take the question uh, to a next level where, uh, Bill, for example, we do put uh, these people to test. We talk to them and perhaps even do a try and buy in the sense have both parties work in their respective companies in the merged entity for a little bit. You see them in action and then see how are they performing and then try to make a decision. Now, the question is going to be, is that initial trial enough for you to see the true colors as they would emerge in the coming days when finally you make the choice and if you do find that your decision on the candidate was wrong what who is to blame or who is supposed to be accountable because it's kind of very lonely up there at the level at which you operate who tells you or who can you bounce your ideas off of that out of these 20 people i need to pick 10 who are the 10 that I should pick even after trying and buying. Please stay tuned. When we come back, we'll explore. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. We live in an instant-on world, mobile and connected. To compete, you want data center flexibility so you can adapt quickly to changing business needs while keeping information safe. Introducing Enterprise Cloud Compute Services, HP solution for managing secure servers, storage, and networks delivered as a service. Pay only for what you need. Create order out of chaos. The instant-on enterprise is here. Are you ready? Start shaping your cloud at hp.com. We live in an instant-on world, mobile, connected, and fluid. Competing in this world takes a special kind of workplace technology that adapts to change, that allows seamless and personalized interaction. Introducing Workplace 360, HP's full lifecycle desktop management solution, delivered as a service. User subscriptions allow you to gain financial control and flexibility. The instant-on enterprise is here. Are you ready? Visit hp.com for answers. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free 1-866-472-5790. Now back to the show, here's Sanjo Gall. Welcome back. So, Bill, what if we tried and bought the, the final candidate, so you let both parties or both uh, respective lieutenants 
work, maybe there is a double dipping or not exactly double dipping. You are essentially getting two people to do one person's job, but they work together and you pick the best. Do you think that would fly? I, I think that's a, a very challenging approach. Uh, I think that because because part uh, part of the the overall goal is to get the organization uh, defined and and sort of solidified and uh, and begins the the healing process, if you will, and eliminate a lot of that fear. The longer that you prolong that, where you have potentially uh, you know, two candidates going for for one position, um, becomes it 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 really just prolongs that agony and and the the fear and the the murmurs and rumors that are are rampant through uh really through the organization i i very much agree with jim's approach of interviewing the users and others in the company to to get feedback but i i think it's incumbent that you make decisions as quickly as possible i i also suggest that you work through the levels of the organization. So the CIO is going to be defining his direct reports, uh, then working with those those directs to, to build out, interview and build out the management team, and then getting down to to the various staff levels. So it, it takes time just going through those gates, uh, but having two people um, basically uh, in, involved or, or working for the same ultimate position. You know, I think, number one, it, uh, you're, when you're going through a, a merger, you're trying to get reduced costs. You're trying to get to that headcount as quickly as, as possible so you can attain the, the overall synergies. And so there's, there's pressure from, from HR and finance to uh to get to the, to that final state and i think you know it is leaps of faith you make your your best choices and and you move on so, so i i don't know that i'd advocate the try before you buy approach now jim if we do not do that are we not very close to flipping the coin and pick up one of the two because both may have come and may have been existing in their respective companies if they were successful at least because they were performing so if you are too early uh, in terms of making a decision and under pressure because you don't want to continue the agony that as per bill, then is it more like a luck versus due diligence in terms of selecting your direct reports? Oh, I don't think so. I think um, if you've done a good job of, uh, of, of talking to people, um, you've talked to uh, some of the internal customers, you've you know what the team, how the team works. Um, I don't think you're flipping a coin at all. Uh, I think you're trying to make an objective decision. Uh, in some cases, I've gone to outside reference checking, and I've done it personally. Reference checking these days is so fraught with you know legal repercussions that people won't tell you anything. But my experience, and this is recent, is that you can still get some pretty good external references. Um, and uh, I totally agree with Bill. You've got to make these decisions. The longer you delay them, uh, the more problems you have. Um, the uh, and you, I think, uh, a manager's skill at 
being objective in selecting people is one of the major skills that a, a really good executive has to have. Um, there's another side to the question is what do you do when you make a mistake? And um, I think that one of the worst things you can do is is tolerate that for very long. If you suddenly wake up one morning after promoting somebody and you say, Sally or Bob or or whomever isn't working out, and you know it, uh, the sooner you correct that, the better. Um, and I can Great. speak from personal experience. My wife would give me a bad time. She'd say, Jim, do something. And um, No, you, you do. You have to, uh, because you're, again, you're, you're creating essentially a, a new organization that is looking at you for leadership. And if you... If you've made a mistake, you know, just uh, admit admit to it and and correct it quickly because the uh, the change takes takes time. It, it takes months, uh, even even you know years, uh, year plus, to to really get the the tightness and cohesiveness of the new organization. And so you you have that period of time to to make the the changes adjustments if you have made some some hiring uh or or choices uh, wrong choices or people a lot of times people are in the wrong role too you've you've put them in a position that's different from what they had before they're not successful in it and so you have the option of moving them to another position or uh exiting them from the organization but the key as jim alluded to is being objective because the the team can see that if you are objective and you're not showing favoritism to uh, one organization or the other, the more you can build a a team that that takes the best from from both organizations, the more successful you're going to ultimately be. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thank you so much, uh, Bill and Jim, for sharing your thought. It looks like it's not uh, an easy task to bring the two organizations together, and we hope that CIO gets multiple paychecks and a lot of immunity and support from executive management to pull this off. But then uh, whatever that is that we are dealing with in today's day and age and going forward, I, uh, I, I personally believe, and I'm sure listeners would agree, that M&A brings a lot of value. There's a lot of work that's ahead. But then CIOs and IT has got a lot to contribute towards the overall success of the endeavor. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, listeners, if you have any comments or questions, send us to views at CIOtalkradio.com. That is views at CIOtalkradio.com. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Join Sanjal Gall next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific for another hour of CIO Talk Radio. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by Citrix, offering go-to assist, remote support made easy. CIO Talk Radio is sponsored by HP Data Center Services, cloud computing services.
and Workplace 360 services. Are you ready for an instant-on world? Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 